0: Go ahead and just open up with some prayer, uh, God. Thank you so much for today. This beautiful day that you have blessed us with yet again, God. We are so thankful to be here as a family, as a community, be able to worship you, God. To be able to come to you, to learn, to grow, to be challenged, to be encouraged. God, we love you. We praise you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Please uh, open your Bibles up to the Book of Philippians chapter 3 um, if you would also just open turn on your tablets pick out your favorite bible app and scroll down to philippians 3 verse 12 whether that be U version the esv app or my preferred the Glow bible i i really like that one a lot so if y'all would please and if you're wondering where i'm at I'm reading out of the esv for you type a people who have to have everything perfect in life Uh, that's where i'll be in you can follow along with me there Uh, we read the esv here at uh, impact city it's not the only bible we go with we love the kjv we love the nlt we love a bunch of verses but just for uh for here in the the morning we go esv uh guys i cannot believe that it is almost easter it is almost easter time oh this is what most people believe is palm sunday the day when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. And they were laying down palms in front of him. Saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory in the highest. They were, they were praising him. And this is today. But this whole week is the week of Easter. Now, we have a busy week coming up ahead of us. If you heard John Carlo earlier in the service during the announcements, we talked about what we're doing. Wednesday night, Missional City Group, we're going to be um, also passing out flyers that night. But that night, we're also going to start a church-wide community fast. We believe in fasting here in Impact City. And so that is one thing that I want us to, I just want to call to us, a community fast. We do a lot of fasting individually uh as as uh, believers you know but as a church i don't think we do it enough we do it at the beginning of the year every once in a while and then of course you know whenever it's needed but i wanted to call a fast from wednesday night all the way over the easter now a fast could be anything that you want it to be whatever you're fasting from whether you're going to be fasting from food and drink like what what i feel like i'm called to do you know with no food or just water Or whether you're called to fast from, you want to just tip it down and just say, I'm just going to fast from from sweets and stuff that tastes good, kind of like what John Cardo does all week already, as it is. Um, (laughs) Or you want to fast from, say, social media. You want to fast from something that's just kind of got your heart instead of Jesus. And so that's what uh, I'm calling Wednesday night to Sunday. The reason we're fasting is for Easter service here in Impact City. We believe that we are going to share the gospel here, not only through uh, the testimonies of very many of us here, but also through just uh, the sermon, also through just our acts of of love and kindness to everyone that shows up here today, and then throughout the week, as well as we're meeting people uh, leading up into Easter service. Then Thursday, uh, we're also going to be trying to do some more door-to-door neighborhood handouts that day. If we don't get them done Wednesday night, which you probably won't. We have a thousand of them, and I don't think we can get them done one night. Uh, Thursday, we're also going to be going over to Lexington Manor. They have their Easter celebration on Thursday, and we agreed to help them out from 4 to 6. If you're available, if you're not, it's okay. I understand we have, you know, we have to work. But if you're available from 4 to 6, uh, we'll be at Lexington Manor. It's right down the street over here at the apartment complex helping out with our community and helping out, pass out water bottles and gift bags and invite cards. And uh, we'll have a sound system going on there for them as well. So that's going to be our blessing to them. Saturday night, we're going to be having a night of prayer and worship. We're going to do that at my house as of now. It might change. I don't know. But just a night to come together. We're going to be, you know, three days into our fast. So we're going to be pretty hungry for the Word. And so I'm just expecting that to be an amazing night of worship and prayer, and we'll have to do that at our house as well. Um, like I said, and then this week, going door to door, handing out invites to this Sunday. Now, guys, this Sunday, this coming up Sunday, is going to be amazing. Uh, we started off with just wanting to have just an ancient service. So I said, hey, let's get something going on for the kids. Let's have an egg hunt. I said, well, if you have an egg hunt, you have to have a fire truck. And so I said, let's just call CCFD and see what they can do. And she's like, well, if you have a fire truck, you have to have something to feed the firemen. And I'm like, well, why are you think about the firemen, you know? And so she's like, well, we got to feed the firemen. So let's just try to get some hot dogs or something, some type of food going on there. And then I was like, well, you know, you know, we can have all these people over there. I would love to, you know, mem- you know, capture the memory of this, of this night. And, uh, you know, she's like, well, how about we take pictures, you know? So we're going to have an arch decorated real nice. We'll have a bench. for families to come sit down. And, get, and guess what? We actually bought us a live bunny named Spurgeon. I named him Spurgeon, yes, after Charles Spurgeon. And so we have a live bunny that we're going to be uh, kind of letting people take pictures with and playing with. And so uh, it's going to be an awesome time. But here's the best part. The best part about Sunday is that people are going to come to church And they're going to hear the gospel, many of them probably for the first time. And that is our focus. It's not about the bunny. It's not about the fire truck. It's not about the eggs. Those things aren't even Christian in in reality. The purposes of Easter is to share the gospel. And that is the point. And so I was going to do this whole uh, thing where I was going to push this uh, sermon today to, you know, invite people. And hey, this is where the Bible says that we need to invite people and invite people. And I figured, you know, it's not about bringing a thousand people to hear one man preach. It's about sending a thousand people out to spread the gospel. And that's where I was thinking, like, well, they already know that Impact City knows that. We understand the purpose of what we are to do as Christians. But here's what started to hit me, that on Sunday night when I started writing this sermon after last week, I started thinking, we're going to be hit hard. We're going to be hit hard this week. All of us, as individuals, as a church community, together, we're going to be hit really hard this week. We're going to be hit with uh, just, you know, temptations and struggles. We're going to be uh, tempted to stumble. We're going to be distracted from Jesus. We're going to have things come into our lives that are trying to bring us down. Because the enemy is going to look at us this week and say they are going to share the gospel with communities and people who don't know the gospel. And as of now, they are a major threat to us. And this isn't just here at this church. In talking to the Fellowship of Osa Creek and Matt Brandon over there. They're going through the same thing, too. Other churches throughout the Coastal Bend are going through the same thing, too. Their leaders are being attacked. Everyone's being uh, bombarded with just... Uh, the struggles and temptations and sicknesses and all that. In fact, as I was writing this sermon on Sunday night, Cameron called me and goes, Bro, uh, you know, Cameron, this is Cameron, and he has no camera. He just started playing with us today. But he said, Bro, my eardrum just busted last week. And I was like, Okay, it started, right? And then he texted me later and he said, I think I have uh, pneumonia or bronchitis. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, right? And then I started getting sick, right? So I got this major sinus headache going on right now. My throat's about to just, you know, crawl out of, its, you know, out of my mouth. You know, just everyone's just been bombarded. People have been getting sick. People have been distracted. And I think the enemy will use anything and everything against us to try to distract us from, the, from what we're called to do as Christians here today. He will distract us with relationships. He will cause us to be distracted with people that, that we love and, and, and put more attention to that than him. He will cause us to be distracted with material things in our lives things that will occupy more time, things that could probably wait till after Easter. But he's going to push them upon our our hearts right now and say that that is more important than Jesus. He's going to do this to us all week long. He's going to try to pull us away. And so what I wanted to do, I wanted to do was kind of just kind of talking to you guys about that today and just kind of build you up and encourage you guys and challenge you guys to stay focused on Jesus here today. Because listen, next week is going to be big. You know why it's going to be big next week? Because next week a guy was raised from the dead, and I don't know if you've ever seen that before, you know. But there's only one person who's ever done that in, in the history of the world—that is Jesus Christ. And then, and we're going to celebrate that next week. Amen. Because sure Guys, if you will, please open up to Philippians three, verse twelve, is where we're going to be. I just want to pour into you guys as your pastor, uh, as someone who loves you and cares for each and every one of us here today. I just kind of want to just pour into you with this this word. Verse 12 on chapter 3 says this in Philippians. It says, Not that I have already obtained this, or that I am already perfect. But I will press on to make it my own, because Jesus Christ has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. to truly grasp the depth of what's going on, to truly grasp what Paul is talking about here, and when we understand what he's saying, is you're going to have to know what Paul has been through up until this point of his letter to the people of Philippi. Okay, you got to understand that uh, before this, he was walking along one day, and Jesus came over, and he was... Uh, subdued by Jesus. He was in all the Spirit of God, and then he was given over to the Spirit of God. He, would, he gave his life over to Jesus that day. That actually caused many enemies, and so he walked away from everything he knew. Everything that he had built up, he said that he counted as loss, and he, the only thing he gains is now Jesus. So he literally had to walk away from his life, his career, his education, everything that he had built up for himself, he had to walk away from because he started following Jesus. Later on, he endured persecution, from all the people that were uh, his buddies back in the day, in case you didn't know, Paul was actually named Saul. And what Saul used to do, he used to execute Christians. He used to execute Christians. So now that all his buddies that they would go execute Christians with, now Paul's a Christian, now guess what? He's made a bunch of enemies, all right? So now all these people that used to be his homies and his friends, they're going against him now. So Paul's made a bunch of enemies. You can imagine the stress he's starting to get under as he walks around from town to town, running away from people to people, you know, Uh, He was thrown in jail for preaching at one time. He was preaching in the middle of of a town. and He was thrown in jail. He was also beaten and nearly put to death because of that. Okay, he was beaten up and and just kind of mobbed by a bunch of people. Then he he was thrown right back into jail later on. And this is where we find him writing this letter. He's probably writing this letter from Rome or either on his way to Rome to uh, await trial. And through all of this, all of the, the hardships and all of the struggles he did and everything that's been going on, he says this one thing. He says that, that he offers encouragement for us here today. Through all the struggles and all of the things that he goes through, he offers encouragement for us today. He says this in verse 12. Again, he says, not that I have already obtained this, that I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. He said, look, I'm, not, I'm far from perfect, people. I mess up. I have a thorn in my side. I don't know what, you know, he, he's messing up. He has messed up in the past. He has murdered people, which is probably one of the ultimate sins you can do is to take a life that which God has given to us. He has pulled away. He has done that. He has messed up. And He says, I am far from perfect, but I keep pressing on because I belong to Jesus. And that's it. That's all he gives you. He doesn't say, I keep pressing on because the reward is so great. He doesn't say, I keep pressing on because, man, I know that I'm going to have all this wealth if I just keep doing this. He doesn't say, I press on because life is so good as a Christian. No, he says, I press on because I belong to Jesus. I press on because I belong to Jesus. He doesn't say I press on because I am one of the greatest writers of the New Testament. I know if I keep going, I can write even more books in the New Testament. He doesn't say I press on because I am, I am a follower of Christ. And I know that I am pretty much one of the disciples. I am, I am an apostle. You know, I don't have a title. He doesn't say that. He says I press on because I belong to Jesus. And that's it. That's enough for me. Paul's simple reason for continuing to fight Is the fact that he simply belongs to Jesus. And that's enough for him. I believe the main reason why we give up so easily after falling or being tempted. or We fall into temptation. Is because we just simply forget who we belong to. I mean we belong to Jesus. I mean, you guys just look at me. Come on, we belong to Jesus. I mean, that should pump you up. The fact that the Savior of the world, the Son of God, Him Himself has come and said, you are mine. And you belong to me. I paid a debt for you. I shed blood for you. Your sins are cleansed and now you are mine. That should just amp us up in and of itself. And we should just be so amped up with that bit of information that nothing else matters in this world. That is God. That is the almighty God. He says that this right here, this one reason is why I put through all the troubles of the world. Why I push through all the, 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 the uh, distractions and all the temptations and all of that stuff that I fail to do. I keep pushing through it because I belong to Jesus. And you know what? Jesus takes care of his own. The book of isaiah 9 uh, chapter 9 verse 6 calls him the mighty god if you look at second peter 1 1 it says that he is a mighty savior he takes care of his own uh, psalm 24 verse 8 says the strong and mighty jehovah strong in battle y'all think jesus is this guy who holds a lamb on the picture all day no this dude's a warrior man this dude is a mighty warrior this guy is awesome, and he, he owns us. He, he, we belong to him. We are under his wing of protection. Psalm 57 says that, uh, Have no fear, for into your shadow of your wings I will take my refuge until the storm has passed. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.24 calls him the power of God. The power of God. Isaiah 25.4 says he is a strength to the needy and in distress, a refuge from the storm. Look what Paul says in Romans uh, 8 31. He says, and then what shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for you here today. And the reason why we push on through sickness, we believe in healing. We've got doesn't want us to be sick. We believe that God wants us to be healed, but while we're, you know, it's like a tree. It's like a tree. You cut a tree down, it's dead, but it still looks alive. So while that tree is dying off, while that sickness is dying out, you stay faithful to God. While we stay faithful in distractions, while we stay focused on Him, is because He is mighty God, because He is mighty Savior. He is better than anything else. Jesus is better. And that is why we stay firm with that. He protects us. He takes care of us. I remember when I was a kid, we used to go up to Gardner State Park, and we used to go over, and we'd hike. We'd go up the mountain, and we'd camp out, and we'd see all the raccoons and the deers and everything. But one of the main things I love, and I know why I love it, because I can't swim, is I used to love to go intertubing down the river. And so we would you know, we, you know, hike up so many you know, miles, whatever, and i hit the tubes, and I would just kind of roll down the river. And so rolling down the river. And so I would hit the river and I would go. Well, when I was younger, say around eight to 10, my dad would have a tube, an inner tube, and he'd have me tied on to one tube and then his ice chest with the beer, because that's my dad. And he'd have the ice chest with the beer on the other side, right? And we'd be floating down. Well, we went down to this little rapid part area, right? A bunch of little rapids. And there was these two big rocks, and the water was just kind of funneling through these rocks. As we come up, mind you, three, three tubes. I went through the, 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 the rapids first. My dad came back behind, but his ice chest got caught on the other side of the rocks. And so we had this jolt effect where I literally flipped over on my back. I was stuck under the tube and in between these two rocks. And I can't swim. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking like, out. And I, and I'm just thinking like this is the end. I'm gonna die. And my dad's probably more concerned about the beard than he is about me. You know, like I'm gonna die. You know, and I'm freaking out. All I, and all, I feel is this hand come up. And I'm a big-headed Hispanic kid. And he came over and he grabbed my big head of hair. I just felt someone grab my hair and just pull me out like that, like a wet cat. You know. And I'm like, <gasps> and I just see my dad. He goes, "You okay?" I'm like, oh. It would seem like you know, forever, probably was only four seconds, right? But I just remember the scariness of being flipped over on that tube, landing on my back, being trapped and nowhere to move because there was a rock on this side, a rock on this side. And that's life to us. Sometimes we feel trapped by life. We can't go left, we can't go right. We can't back up because the, 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 the life is coming so fast that we can't back up through there. And sometimes you feel like we can't get up because there's something over us that just won't get out of the way. You know, I often think of what was the one way I can get out of that, besides my dad helping me out, was I probably could have just pushed through there. I kept going with the flow. Eventually, I would have popped out. But no, it took my father to come over and save me. And that is exactly how God works with us. He saves us. He comes over, and he reaches down to us through his son, Jesus Christ, and he pulls us out of our troubles. He saves us, because we belong to Him. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So as we go through this week and even through life, we are all going to be hit with struggles, hardships, temptations, and stuff like that that causes us to sin. And listen, you will sin. That is inevitable. You're going to give in at some point. You might win a battle. You might win four or five battles, and eventually one day you might be found on a weekday, and you might sin. But listen, the thing that will determine whether or not you stay depressed and in solitude with that sin is this right here, is learning to forget. Learning to forget. You got to learn to forget. You got to learn to move on. You got to learn to get past it. You got to learn to get over it. You got to learn to turn the page. You got to learn, that's what I'm trying to say, is you got to learn to just let it Go. Let it go. Can't hold me back anymore. Let it go. Let it go. Turn away and slam the door. Come on, guys. I don't care what we're going to say. Let the storms rage on. Come on, y'all loud. Everyone, everyone. Hang on. Okay. Are you ready? You ready? <laughs> the cold never bothered me anyway. You guys need to watch Frozen <laughs> some more. That is probably the most biblical advice Disney has ever given us, amen? <laughs> hey go. It says here in verse 13, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Seriously, get over it. You've messed up. Guess what Paul messed up? You're going through something. Tomorrow's a new day. You've messed up in the past. You have sins that keep coming back and haunting you. It's over. You belong to Jesus. That is better than that. Get over it. Move on. Look what... uh, it says, if we are in Christ Jesus, it says this uh, in Hebrews 8.12. It says, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities. I will remember their sins no more. Listen, if God doesn't remember our sins, why are you even remembering your sin? If you have true repentance for it, walk away from it and don't go back. If you go back, walk away again. Now, this isn't a license for you to keep going back and back and doing it with the grace of God. No, that's, 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 that's testing God. That's not right. But if you have true repentance, walk away. Learn that you are loved by Jesus. That he loves you. He sees you. He knew you were going to mess up like that before he even chose you and called you into this life. He loves you. Push on. Other translations of Hebrews 8 says this, for I will be merciful to their wrongdoing, and I will never again remember their sins. This is the understanding of the grace of God. To know that you are loved not because of what you do, but because of what he has done. Right, say that again. The understanding of the grace of God is knowing that you are loved, not because of what you do, but because of what he has already done. That's some beautiful news for us today. That there is nothing we can do. That's all on him. He chose us, he loves us. He, he he lavished grace upon us. Listen, all these characteristics that I'm talking about are those only of a mature believer, though. And I say this with great um just you know hurt when I say this a lot of us just won't get that for a while. You just won't. It takes a while to be comfortable with knowing that God loves you. We try to fight that all the time. We try to fight against that. We're like, well, if I do this, if I do this, I'm doing all these things. I'm starting this study. I'm doing this ministry. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go serve these people. And God says, all that is awesome, but it doesn't mean that you're saved. It doesn't mean that you are good in my sight. What it means that you are good in my sight is that you are acknowledged the fact that you are covered with my blood. That is what makes you holy in my sight. But only that comes from maturity. It says, let those of us who are mature think this way. This is verse 15. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you, only let us hold true to what we have attained. So listen, if you struggle with letting go, if you struggle with, with feeling down depressed and just feeling bombarded with just like, I keep messing up, if you struggle with that, Here are some things that can help you mature. Here are some things that are going to help you mature. Number one, confess. We're taking that to One, confess. Tell someone about that. Tell someone. And the second thing that uh, that goes along with confessing is praying. So tell someone about it. And two, pray. Talk to God about it with someone. Pray together. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. That you might be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power in, in its working. Not Notice it didn't say, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be forgiven. Or that, for that you may be feeling great. Pray for them so that you might feel good. It says that you might be healed. Sometimes healing is a painful process. And we have to know that. Why do we go to each other? Why do we preach community here in Impact City? Why is community so big here in Impact City? It's because of accountability. We walk along each other in life. We share the struggles. We share the the highs. We share the lows. Why? Because we want to hold each other accountable in love. So when you go to someone and say, I screwed up, bro. I'm doing this wrong. I'm messing up in my marriage. I'm doing this. So now that your bro is going to hold you accountable every week and say, what are you doing? We meet. I meet every once in a while with these with pastors from all over Corpus, great men of God that I I believe are just good guys, and they hold me accountable. They bust my chops, and after the end of the service uh, of meeting together when we meet, whether it's Denny's or wherever we're getting coffee or whatever, they always look at me straight in and say, "Well, that's awesome. Have you lied to me today?" And so we have to be honest and brutally honest with each other. We have to confess. To each other, and we have to be willing to go through the healing process after that. The third thing, if you're taking notes, is read. Be encouraged by God's love and grace proven time after time after time again throughout the scriptures. Look at how He, he, he would push people through uh, hardships and hard times only to, know, only to bring them out of that valley later on and redeem them. Look at Israel, look at the Israelites. You're like, oh, they went through a lot of trouble. Yeah, because they kept messing up on their own accord. They would just have followed God and done what he said the first time. Everything would have been fine. But no, they would mess up. And i said, say, all right, I'm going to leave you to your flesh. I'm going to let you do that. But when at the end of the day, you're going to come back to me, I'm going to love you. I'm going to lavish grace upon you. So read God's word. This is the maturity that is spoken. In whenever Paul says to the Romans in, in the book of Romans 5.8, it says, an endurance produces character. And character produces hope. Endure, push through, get through things. You're going to get past this. You might have messed up today, but tomorrow's a new day. Keep getting through it. So, again, I want to recap before my microphone just kind of goes out like crazy. I hear it popping and all that. Um, we're going to be attacked in life, especially when we're doing something awesome for God. Get ready. You're in a battle. You should be expected to get shot at. I'm straight up talking about spiritual warfare here. It's, it's there. And so we should expect to get hit. We should be expect to be under attack. So remember, a couple things here. Remember who you belong to. The battle's already won. Remember you belong to Jesus. Second thing, remember to just let it go. Get past it. Move on things are better than that sin. Jesus is better than that. Follow him more than you are going to follow the depression of the sin. And three, be mature through it. Grow through it. Learn from it. Instead of asking God, why? Why, God? Why do you do this, God? Ask him, God, what is it that you want me to learn? What are you trying to teach me through this? Why, if my life is so messed up, it's messed up for a reason, that reason is not you, because you are always good, so obviously the, the point that we always miss is that the reason why our lives are messed up is not because of God, it's because of us. You understand that? And so when we realize that it is our fault and our wrongdoing, not God's wrongdoing, God is always good, He might allow you to go through your troubles so you can see that He is good, but when we realize that, the sooner we realize that, that is maturity growing on believers taking ownership for our mistakes and following through with the healing process of what it takes to become a better mature believer of Christ. Better mature believers of Christ make better disciples of Christ. Better disciples of Christ go out and change the world. And that's what we're doing here in Impact City. Building disciples of Christ that are going to impact the city, impact the nation, impact the world. Let's pray. Yeah, I just thank you. Uh, even today, I, I just feel just as though, I mean, we're just still being attacked. I mean, we're still being hit hard. We're going to, you know, endure this. We're going to push through this because you are better. And we belong to you. For that simple fact, Lord, we would die for you. And whatever it takes that is required from us, we pray that you would see us through with courage and and just hope and grace to the end of that. Whatever trials or tribulations come our way, we know that we don't have to be slaves to that. We are more conquerors in your word. God, we love you. We pray for Easter service. We pray for all throughout this week, the people we meet, God, may you just show us opportunities. May you give us courage to talk to people. May you Help us move out of our comfort zone for the sake of the gospel. God, may you just give us hope and grace. As we sing this last song, as we sing after all again, um, I just want to just welcome you guys to just worship and really just let loose and, and just worship in your hearts. God, if that means you know getting on your knees, if that means lifting your hands in prayer, if that means just singing to yourself, if it's just a simple Um, you know, just a simple chorus, whatever it is. God, I pray that you would just pierce the hearts of all of us here today in worship. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand up and let's sing this.